Well, this is the time of year when our New Year's resolutions are still new. How many of you are still on track with your New Year's resolutions? Raise your hand. You're still on track. All right. A few, a few of you are. I don't know if that means the rest of you didn't make resolutions or if you've already broken them. You know, every year we have the best intentions. Uh, we close out one year, we enter another, and we often resolve to do better. So we resolve we're going to work harder, we're going to eat more vegetables, we're going to stop drinking so much Pepsi, we're going to, you know, save more, invest our money better, we're going to run or walk or whatever it is to exercise. And, and it's so easy to, to make the goal, it's harder to, to live it out. In fact, I'll tell you what my goal is for 2021. My wife asked me, what my goal is, and I've finally written it out. I've got my goal on paper now. Here's my goal for 2021. My goal in 2021 is to do the things I said I was going to do in 2020, which I intended to do in 2019 when I wrote them down in 2018. It's interesting when you think about it. Most of our resolutions are about creating a new me. But after a few weeks, we almost always settle for the old one, don't we? Almost always settle for the old patterns and the old way of living. But what if we tried a different approach this year? What, what if you and I tried a different approach this year? What if, just think about it, what if this year there was less of an emphasis on us and more on an emphasis of God's plans for us? That might make a difference. There's nothing wrong with resolutions. There's nothing wrong trying to live better. I'm not against that at all. But I'm just asking you to consider this today. What if during this year there was less of an emphasis on us and more of an emphasis on God's plans for us? Here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to take God's Word and open God's Word to uh, Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Open your Bibles or turn it on and find Acts chapter 20. While you're turning there, let me give you the context of this text. Paul was completing his third missionary journey. He is on his way back to Jerusalem. Uh, he was very intent on getting to Jerusalem by the day of Pentecost. So he's not just casually making his way back home. But he's very focused, very intent on going to Jerusalem and getting there by the day of Pentecost. Look at chapter 20, verse 16. Paul had decided to sell past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia, for he was in a hurry to reach Jerusalem, if possible, by the day of Pentecost. It's the only place I know of in the Bible or in the New Testament where it talks about Paul being in a hurry. But he was in a hurry to get back to Jerusalem. And he wanted to get there before Pentecost. And so he had determined not to stop in Ephesus. He had been in Ephesus before. He had planted the church there. He had spent a good deal of time there with those people. But he knew those people. Paul knew that if he stopped in Ephesus, he's going to be there a while. Have you ever visited somebody and think, now if I stop there, I'm going to be there a while. If I stop to talk to her, I'm going to be there a while. All right? That was Paul. Paul said, if I go to Ephesus... I know those people love me, and I, I know that I love them. And if I go to Ephesus on the way home, I'm not going to make it to Jerusalem by Pentecost. If I go to Ephesus, I'm going to get stuck there for a while. So Paul comes up with a plan, and his plan was that he would ask the elders of the church to meet him 
in Miletus. His pastor's heart kind of overcame his personal schedule. So he sent some people to 30 some odd miles away to Ephesus and asked the leaders of the church to come to where he was. Look at verse 18 and 19. Let's start at verse 17. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church, and when they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you, and from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, although I was severely tested by the plots of the Jews. Now there's a phrase there that I find interesting that you'll see repeated in just a moment. It's the phrase, you know. You see it in verse 18. Paul looks at the leaders. He looks into the eyes of these leaders of the church at Ephesus. Men that knew him and men that he knew. And he looked at them and he says basically, shortest translation, he says basically, guys, you know, don't you? You remember, right? You know what it's been like when I was there with you and when I was serving in Asia. And he describes it in verse 19. Verse 19, he says this, I served the Lord with great humility and with, and with what, church? What's that next word? With tears, although I was severely tested by the plots of the Jews. He said, now, now listen guys, you know, you know it's been a rough road when I was in Asia. There were tears, there were trials. And in kind of in parentheses, Paul was basically saying, but you also know this, I never quit. I never gave up. There were tears and there were trials, but I continued to do the work that God had told me to do. And you know, you know all about that. Then in verse 20, we see that same phrase again, you know. Look at verse 20. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I've declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's another you know. Paul says, you know that I've never hesitated to tell people to repent of their sins and to believe in Jesus. You know that I've never compromised that message. Guys, you know that. You know what I've preached. You know that I publicly and privately called people to repentance. Publicly and privately, I have told people about Jesus. You know. So this was not new information for these Ephesian elders. They knew all of these things to be true. But then Paul changes the conversation in verse 22. And now, compelled by the Holy Spirit, or compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. Paul was saying, you know what happened to me in Ephesus, but even I don't know what's going to happen to me in Jerusalem. I'm heading to Jerusalem, and I don't know what's going to happen to me there. The only thing I do know is this, verse 23. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Now how would you like that to be what God's putting on your heart? How would you like it if, if God kept reminding you and warning you that next week the place where you're heading is a place of hardship? That next week the place where you're going might be prison? That next week the only thing that awaits you is hardship and prison? 
Paul said, I'm compelled by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem, to go to the place where prison and hardship are waiting for me. Now, please understand what Paul is meaning when he says compelled by the Spirit. He's not saying that the Spirit of God was trying to warn him against going to Jerusalem. Paul was saying the Spirit of God was preparing him for what he would find, what he would experience in Jerusalem. Prison and hardships are facing me. Look at that in the text. Verse 20. Uh, Verse 23, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. You and I don't know what's facing us this year, do we? We don't know what's facing us in 2021. God has not promised that this year is going to be better than last year. We don't know what we're going to be facing. God has not promised that this year everything will get better. Hopefully it will. Hopefully by God's grace things will turn around. Hopefully that will be true. But we don't know what we're facing this year. Just like Paul did not know what he was facing as he went to Jerusalem. But in days of trials, we can still have something that we're living for. And that's what Paul is telling these Ephesian elders. In days of trials, there is still something we can focus on. Paul found what that something is. And he describes it in verse 24. However, however is a word of comparison, or contrast rather, contrasting what I'm compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, I don't know what's going to happen to me there, I just know that hardships and prison await me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Somebody has said, the two greatest days in a person's life are the day that you're born and the day that you find out why you were born. Paul found out the reason why he was born. He says, God has given me a task and the task is to testify to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I don't know what awaits me in Jerusalem. I just know that compelled by the Spirit, that, that the Spirit seems to be indicating that hardships and prison are part of that. But I just want you to understand something. As he looks into the face of these men who knew him so well, these Ephesian elders, he said, I just want you to understand something. I'm still going to be living with the same purpose I had when I was with you in Ephesus. As I go to Jerusalem, I will still be living with the same purpose. Can I say to you today that you and I could do the same? We may live it out differently than Paul. We, we, a lot of us, most of us will not live as missionaries going across the world. Some of you may. God may call some of you to do that. But for most of us, we're going to live it out differently. But we can still live in 2021 with a gospel purpose regardless of what 2021 brings. You see, these are uncertain and scary times we're living in. And, and I've told you this before, but let me say it again. Changing the date on the calendar didn't change the days in which we're living. Changing the date on the calendar didn't really change anything. Every day, things seem to be getting worse for us in our world and in our nation. And every week, I personally keep hearing of more and more people and more and more families who are struggling with COVID. And we keep waiting for life to get back to normal. And quite frankly, I'm not sure if that's even possible anymore. 
But in the midst of this pandemic, here's what I want you to understand. Regardless of what this year brings, listen to me church, over those in the Life Center and those watching online, listen to me. Regardless of what this year brings, good or bad, doesn't matter. Regardless of what this year brings, we can live with a gospel purpose. And so I have a challenge for you today. 2020 was the year of COVID. It was the virus that shut down the world. Let's proclaim 2021 to be the year of the gospel. And here's why. Because it's, it's time for some good news. So let's proclaim this year to be the year of the gospel. We don't know what this year is going to be like. We don't know good or bad, how it's all going to turn out. But I do know this. We can declare 2021 to be the year of the gospel because I have the deep-seated conviction that's growing in me every day, this deep-seated conviction that the only hope for this broken, weary world we're living in is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the only thing worth focusing on in pandemic days is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I've asked our staff to make this the, their focus in their planning for this, next, for this year. To make this kind of the theme of their planning. Now, that doesn't mean that everything we do will be focused on the gospel. It doesn't mean that every event will be a gospel event or every study will be a gospel study. That's not what I'm talking about. But it does mean that in 2021, in our planning and in the way we do ministry, we are going to do our best to understand and to live out and share the gospel in 2021. Because that's the hope for a virus-plagued, weary world. The gospel of Jesus Christ. So, with that in mind, I want to start, as we think about the year of the gospel, I want to start all of this with a very simple question. And it is, it is so simple, but it is so powerful. It is thought-provoking, if you'll take it to heart. And it's a little bit disturbing if you take it to heart. So let me ask you this big, simple question. Why are you breathing? I'm not asking you why your lungs are got air and why your heart's pumping. I'm, I'm, that's not what I'm asking I'm asking the question, why are you breathing? Why are you here? What's your purpose? Planet. Until you settle that question, you will spend your life trying to hold water in your hands. Thomas Carlyle said, the man without a purpose is like a ship without a rudder. So let me ask you the question again. Why are you breathing? What's your purpose in life? Why has God placed you on this planet? I mean, is it just to to grow up and maybe get married, maybe have some kids? Perhaps have a career and then retire and then die? Is is that the best we can do? Is that the reason we're breathing just so we can take up space? 
Paul tells us his purpose in life. And it might just be a good purpose for all of us. Though we might live it out differently. It might be a good purpose for all of us. Look what he says again in verse 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if, if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. If you mark your Bible, you might want to underline the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. If you were to ask Paul, Paul, why are you breathing? Because God has given me the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. And every place that Paul went and everything that he did and everything that he encountered, he always looked at it through the lens of this task. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. So I want to challenge you today to live with the gospel purpose in 2021. And I want you to hear me say this. Listen to me carefully. I can't live out His purpose in my power. You might want to write that one down. I can't live out His purpose in my power. God is not looking for my help. He is looking to see if I want to find out why I'm breathing. And if I dare to live for His purpose, I will experience His power. Did anybody hear that? If I dare to live for His purpose, I can experience His power. So I want to dare you to wrestle with that question this year and help us focus our energies, help us focus our passion, help us focus our resources on making this year the year of the gospel. Because this year, the world we're living in desperately needs the gospel. Now, practically speaking, what does it mean to live with the gospel purpose? In the remaining time that I have, I want to go back to the text and answer that question and give you two or three things that will help you understand. What does it mean, practically speaking, to live with the gospel purpose? Here's the first one. Number one, a gospel purpose makes you willing to step into the unknown. A gospel purpose makes you willing to step into the unknown. That's what Paul said. Verse 24, however... I'm sorry, verse 22. Paul said, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Now, there's a couple of words I want you to notice here in that verse 22. I'm going, not knowing. I'm stepping into the unknown. I'm going but not knowing. There have been times in my life where where I've had to do that as well. Times in my life where I had to step into the unknown simply because of my gospel purpose. Simply because I I believe that, that the reason I'm breathing is more than just to have a career. The reason I'm breathing is more than just to make money. The reason I'm breathing is more than just to have a family. But the reason I'm breathing is for God's purpose and specifically for the gospel. And so there have been times in my life when God has led me to do something that meant totally stepping out by faith. Stepping out into the unknown. I couldn't see how it was all going to work out or I couldn't see where the money was going to come from or I couldn't see how God would ever use me in this situation. I couldn't understand how the plan was going to unfold. But the Apostle Paul said, this is the way I live my life. Going, but not knowing. 
Because I've decided I can trust the one who has called me to follow him. All through the Bible, you see that, don't you? All through the Bible, you see people from Abraham leaving everything he knew to Peter, stepping out on the, on the water. God's plan is repeatedly the same. It's, it's people stepping out into the unknown. And you might be at one of those going but not knowing moments in your life. And I'll tell you why you can risk taking that step. Because in 1 Thessalonians 5.24, here is a guarantee from God. It says the one who calls you is faithful. The one who calls you is faithful. Hey folks, listen to me. Over the Life Center, listen to me. Online, listen to me. That's really all we need to know, isn't it? That the one who calls us is faithful. God's not going to leave you stranded in the middle of His will. What He calls you to do, He will enable you to do. He empowers you to do. He will provide for you. When God is your security, you can step into the unknown. That's why Paul had such a gospel purpose. He said, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, but I do know this. I can trust the one who's sending me there. Number two, a gospel purpose keeps you on track in the hard times. A gospel purpose keeps you on track in the hard times. Verse 23, Paul says, I only know that in every city, in other words, everywhere I go, in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Have you ever heard anybody say the safest place in all the world is in the center of God's will? That's often true, but that's not true for Paul here, is it? Paul says, I do know this. Every city I go to, the Holy Spirit is warning me what is awaiting me. Whether by prophet or direct revelation, the Holy Spirit testified to Paul in every place that he went that hardship and trials and prison was in his future. Paul lived his life much like Jesus lived his life. The Bible says that Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem. And in that text, it's referring to him deliberately walking towards the cross. He didn't run from his purpose. He fulfilled it. And Paul says, I'm going to Jerusalem too. And I don't know what all is going to happen to me there. But I know this, I still have this same purpose. And these afflictions don't change my purpose. And these problems don't change my purpose. And these things that that are ahead of me, that are facing me, they don't change my purpose. I want to tell you something, church, listen to this. Purpose has nothing to do with convenience. It has everything to do with convictions. For Paul, being obedient to the leadership of the Spirit took precedent over the consequences of going to Jerusalem. I would say to you that in 2021, as we try to make this the year of the gospel, or as we seek to live out this year as the year of the gospel, there will be times when this year will be hard. There will be times when this year will be difficult. There will be times when we wonder what the Spirit of God is leading us to do. There will be times when we feel like we're risking our security, and we're risking who knows what, 
to take the gospel to the world. But sometimes the Holy Spirit will send us to the hard places. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will send us to do the hard thing. If we're looking for comfortable Christianity, we will never make a mark for the kingdom. But if we're wanting to walk with the Lord, we will find ourselves sometimes because we're focused on sharing the gospel, taking the gospel to the hard places and in the hard times. Let me close with this third thing. Gospel purpose number three allows you to concentrate on the one great task God has given you. You know, there's, there's power in concentration. There's power in being able to focus on one thing. Paul talks about that in verse 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Well, I want you to notice this phrase. Complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. And then he describes the task, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. The task of testifying to God's grace. Now, now you're going to live that out differently than Paul, more than likely. You might live it out differently from someone else around you. You may live it out differently than I'll live it out. But we all can live with that purpose. The task of testifying... To God's, what's that next word? To God's what, church? To God's grace. The task of testifying to God's grace. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to run into people all throughout this year who need to know about God's grace. You're going to encounter people everywhere who need to know about God's grace. Some of them will be people in your family. Some of them will be people that live in your neighborhood. Some of them will be people that you work with or people on your sports team. You're going to encounter people who need God's grace. And God says, and here's your purpose. Your purpose is to tell them about my grace. Your purpose in life is not to have this career. Your purpose is to tell people about my grace. So I want to give you two words that will help you. Say, Pastor, how do I do this? How, 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 do I, how do I break this down? How do I make this happen? Let me give you two words to simplify it all. It's the words pray and obey. Now let me explain those two words to you. Just, just hang on now. Pray. Pray for lost people. Would you make 2021 the year that you genuinely pray for lost people? I told you about my baseball back in, in December. I, I've got five names on my baseball now. People I've reached out to. People I've talked to. And, and I, I take that baseball and I pray the names on that baseball. I, I'm praying for people who need the Lord. I'm praying for people who are lost. I'm praying for people who have needs in their life. So, so would you just pray for the lost? Pray for those who are lost and then obey. Obey what? Obey whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Imagine how life would be different in 2021 if you and I just tried to obey the Holy Spirit. Pray for people who are lost. Obey the Holy Spirit. And we might be amazed at how 2021 really is the year of the gospel. The task of testifying. God's grace. Let's not be known for what we used to do. Let's be known for what we're doing.
testifying God's grace. Pray with me. Almighty God, we are grateful that you are indeed a God of grace and a God of mercy. And we have experienced that. We have, many of us, have come to know that personally. Would you help us in 2021, Father, to share that grace with others? Would you help us in 2021 to to let others know, to testify to the gospel of God's grace? God, show us how to do that. As we pray for lost people, give us the courage to obey your spirit. And that's my prayer. As we pray for lost people this year, give us the courage to obey your Holy Spirit. Whatever that may mean. Wherever that may lead. Even to the hard places. And we ask that in the strong and the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.